0: So, I was uh, detected with uh, AML, that is acute myeloid leukemia, uh, back in the year uh, 2005, 5 or 6, I guess. Yeah, Uh, 2006, actually. So, uh, I actually started feeling mild pain to begin with uh, in my lower back. And then eventually, it started growing into very severe pain. Nobody at the house realized what it was. Uh, And when eventually uh, we went to a local doctor, uh, he prescribed some medicines and then first everybody thought it was probably tetanus. Uh, Then we... uh, There was very severe pain and I couldn't move. Uh, That's when uh, I got admitted to uh, Nanavati Hospital. And the preliminary diagnosis again were centered around tetanus related. So a lot of my medication and my treatment was all happening towards tetanus, which in mm-hmm. reality was not the case. And nobody even saddened that it could actually be this. So that's when, uh, one of the
1: doctors suggested, let's, uh, test him. Uh, and we figured out that it and one of the your voice is breaking could you repeat that again
0: yeah so once you know uh, a lot of tetanus related medications were going on and there were no signs of improvement Mm -hmm. uh, one of the doctors suggested that we should also test for uh, this and uh, that's when uh, we figured out it was a bone marrow test that was done Mm -hmm. and we figured out that it was a acute myeloid leukemia uh, the doctors and there were, and because my conditions had worsened over a period of uh three weeks of hospitalization and uh not much treatment, I was very unconscious or very uh, less conscious about what's happening and no movement last weeks. So the body had also become, become really weak. Uh-huh. Uh, but then uh, so, so there was uh, one set of doctors said that uh. If we don't do a chemotherapy now uh we will not be able to uh uh I mean, it'll be difficult uh another set of doctors' opinion was the body's too weak right now to take any uh chemotherapy mm-hmm. sessions mm-hmm. it's gonna be difficult for the body to sustain it survive it uh eventually we decided to move to a different hospital uh from nanavati we went to for Bombay hospital, the b- doctor although was similar, but on the doctor's advice, same actually not similar. It was the same doctor, uh, but then the doctor uh, the doctor suggested that probably there were better treatment facilities available at the Bombay hospital. Okay. So we moved there and uh, with a little bit of deliberation on whether we should go ahead with the chemo or not, mm-hmm. uh, we decided, the family decided that uh, we should go ahead. And we started eventually all this while I am like completely unconscious. I don't know what's happening with me, uh, some treatment going on. I'm just
1: in, in a different world altogether. I have no idea. I'm not able to recognize what's happening around me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, while, while the first chemotherapy session started after a few weeks, uh,
0: after a few days, actually, uh, I could gain a little bit of consciousness medication was uh apart from the chemo chemotherapy part other medicines were helping me come to terms normally and uh, the pain was subsiding a little bit uh but cancer as you know it's cancerous cells and it's not like one particular thing which goes off it takes time for all the cells to die off so uh, uh, i think i took almost uh, close to two months for my first cycle of hospitalization uh and when because i was completely bedridden my movements were very restricted there was a lot of there were a lot of physiotherapy sessions that i had to do okay. and all this while uh i am still unaware what's happened to me whenever and i was young i was naive i didn't know what uh the technical name would mean uh so even if i would have come across it i didn't really know it was kind of a blood cancer mm-hmm. so eventually when i got discharged i came back home uh, For me, it was as good as taking baby steps because my legs and uh, my body had become so weak, I couldn't move. Uh, So eventually when uh, we came back home, we rested for 10 days at our house. I was really, really happy that I'm back home. Uh, There are people around and my family had decorated the house for me because I was coming home after almost a gap of two months. And when we left for a checkup in in Nanavati, we didn't know that we will have to get admitted then and there. Uh, But that was the story. We all left. We went there and then coming back home after two months was a big relief for all all of us in the family. After that, we waited for two weeks' time and I'm still unaware of what's happening. I I thought that now I'm back home, I'm going to get uh, okay over a period of time. But uh, one fine day, we are... Uh, after two weeks, uh, my parents again, take me back to the same doctor in his clinic first. And, uh, he's asking, you know, how are you facing any issues? Are you feeling fine? And I'm saying everything is feeling better than before. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good and healthy. So that's when he, and I was hoping that, okay, he's going to say that, you know, some medications more and you will be all fine. And that's when he says that, okay, great. Uh, now we can get you admitted for the next steps. Okay. And I was totally broken, like, why do I need to go again to the hospital? I had no idea what chemotherapy was, even i didn't I actually didn't even know that I was going to chemotherapy at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he said, "You have to go and uh, to and since because this is going to be related to a story, also let me tell you other part of the story where. When we were leaving from home, my parents were packing bags for in terms of like things that we need to take. I actually thought that when we are going to this doctor, after the doctor, uh, you know, to say the prescription and everything is okay. I thought they all had planned a surprise vacation for me that we were going to go on a small vacation from there on in the family car. But it was not to be like that. And uh, they knew it was going to be an admission after that, but they just didn't want to tell me. Uh, And they didn't know that I'm thinking that it's probably a vacation. So they never raised any hopes, but I I started thinking like that. But unfortunately, it was that and we had to go again. But I stayed brave. I thought uh, it's difficult for me, but people around me, is probably more difficult for them. And until then, I had no idea of what these treatments and all are costing. So uh, we got admitted again. And the second round of cycle was going on and i think it went pretty well instead and i was in my mind worried that it will take as long as like again two months or less than that but luckily in a span of around 23 24 days uh, you know all the, the the cycle administration was done uh and uh, i was also given a discharge after that so the second cycle uh, got done
1: very quickly and to quickly this relatively of course compared to the first one where you took two months mm-hmm. Are you there? Yes. yes. Yeah. So
0: after that, uh, I got a discharge again, and I came back. We came back home. Uh, This time again, started feeling a little weak because for 20 days you are at at hospital, not moving, and uh, the medicines take a toll on you. In this round, I had almost not almost actually lost all my hair. Uh, Very little of eyebrow was left. And all body hair, like the scalp hair, et cetera, was completely gone. So I started, I mean, when I would look myself, look at myself in the mirror, I would not look the same self. Uh, my family made efforts to, you know, hide all the mirrors away so that I don't look at it more often and feel bad. Uh, but like whenever while brushing or anything I could see, I could, but I got used to myself, like it's okay. And then after that, I, uh, so, so we asked, after, after the two cycles, I was not still again, not sure that what will it happen, but that's when my family told me, my parents told me that, Hey, this is going to take some time. So be patient. It's okay. And it's not something that they explained to me in all simple ways that there are certain cells in your body. Uh, sometimes there are some bad cells that, uh, get generated and they reduce your immunity power. And that's what has happened to you. So there's nothing to be worried about. Uh, it's just that over a period of time, your immunity needs to get stronger. So you need to eat healthy. You don't need to uh, follow a regime. You need to ensure that medications are done on time. And it's easily treatable. They've always made me believe that it's a very easy thing to be done. And it will get cured very easily with time. So don't worry about it at all. And uh, and that's they prepared me at that time. They prepared me that it's going to, be another two more cycles. So I was this time aware that when we go for our checkup again, we might have to get admitted, and uh, it will be again similar uh, story. Okay. So when we went for the checkup again, the doctor said, "Yes, it's improving pretty well. Uh, you can get admitted for the third cycle." And uh, in the third cycle, again, it it all started. But the since I knew everything how it's going to happen, I was more mentally prepared. It was more balanced. The third cycle actually took lesser than the second one. It was, it ended in around 18 days flat. So it was all good. But while I was in the third cycle, I figured out, so there used to be in Bombay hospital, there used to be a daily newspaper uh, that would come over, uh, which was in the times that I used to read. And uh, one of the days there was a large article that they had posted on actually my lord leukemia and I accidentally stumble upon what that is. And that's where I get to read that, Hey, this is actually a form of blood cancer. And I didn't even know that I was having this all while, uh, and my family is trying really hard to keep it away from me that it's any form of cancer or anything. I'm just oblivious of that fact. Uh, finally I decided that even though I know this, I'm not going to be, uh, showing it to my family that I know about it. And I'm going to put up a brave face. And that point actually turned me around that if my family is taking so much stress, there's so much, there's so much pain that they are going through. My sister had uh, quit her job just to take care of me full time because uh, just to, just parents is not sufficient. You need a lot of support system. Oh. Uh, there were cousins, my first cousins and family members who would, at the drop of a hat, will come and donate their blood or and repeatedly in a very short span after just a few weeks they will come again and uh, donate blood. Sometimes uh, platelets they would come and donate. There were people who I didn't even know who came for donating blood, donating platelets mm-hmm. and the blood transfusion, transfusion that used to happen. I don't know how many people I'm indebted to who would, uh, whose blood has, has gone in my, my my body and that kept me alive. So all of those realizations started coming in in that moment and I felt uh, so grateful to people around me that I thought I'm going to put up a brave fight on this. I'm going to come out of this stronger and I'm going to let everybody, I'll, I'll probably be at the stage when I can thank everyone enough. So I, then, then things went on so again like that naturally fine. Uh, after we came back home. Uh, I started doing a little bit more from my side. I started being more cheerful. Uh, before, because before that, I would always complain. Why is this? This is so not so good. Why? Why am I being in so much trouble? What did I do wrong to so anyone? I never, you know, abused anyone. I never uh, even uttered a bad word from my mouth. Why is it that something of this sort happening to me? But then, uh, I, I turned it around by saying that if some, if, if there was anybody who had to take it. It could be me because I have that strength to do it and I can take it and I will come out of it. So that's the attitude that I went ahead with. So uh, we started eating. I mean, I obviously was eating all the healthy stuff, but I started being more
1: cooperative than I was before.
0: Mm-hmm. So finally, uh, the, the fourth chemotherapy session came in. This one took slightly longer, uh, but it was still under a month. And, uh, the fourth chemotherapy session also happened and uh, we came back. So while all of this was happening, something had happened around uh, in, in, in 2006, there was a brain blast that had happened in Mumbai. And I saw all those visuals while I was in the hospital sitting. And every time there was this uh, central IV line being drawn through my neck, I could, I would try and imagine the pain that people who went through that terrorist uh, blast, what kind of pain they would have gone through. And I felt this pain is nothing compared to what they went for, for no fault of theirs. So why should I be worried about just a few needles going through my neck veins? So I said, uh, it's okay. And I could brace the pain more easily compared to before. And I we I really went through that. Finally, the fourth cycle was also over. I came back and was really, really happy to know that all my four cycles are now completed. It took almost seven to eight months or six to eight months, I guess, for all my cycles to get completed of hospitalization. But that was not it. First, In the first few months, I had to go for a visit every month to the doctor. Every time I would be scared that I hope he's not going to put me in hospital again because by then I had started resuming my uh, college lectures also. Uh, when I went back to college, obviously people were really happy, but, uh, I knew it was very difficult for everybody to look at me, look to see me, but they all were so amazing human beings around. They made sure that I had special care. They made sure that, uh, uh, I never had issues in learning something or, uh, doing any of my projects. They went out of their way to help me out. And I was really happy on that front. And I, and all of that helped me cope up very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, the next few months, the the sessions reduced from once a month. It happened once in a quarter and uh, it was all fine. And gradually my hair had started coming back. My uh, uh, the body was coming, all, looking in a good shape. So everything was looking fine. And then there were a few things that. Uh, so then then I graduated, I completed my graduation and uh, there, were, there were a few things that I wanted to make sure that I don't use this as a reason at any place to, you know, seek a better mm-hmm. sympathetic move anywhere, whether it was finding a job or it was finding, you know, uh, you know, get cracking an interview for a B school. I, I made up my mind that I'm never going to use bring this point up uh, ever to use for my own benefit because people will say that oh it's a story for you we would like to help you and all i never wanted to take that i said whatever i would do i will be doing it on my merit and that should be the only thing whatever this process has taught me is going to be with me and i'll keep it that way so i was really keen on doing my mba from a tier one so after i completed my graduation i spent I, i put in a lot of efforts to study hard for an entrance exam, I did not give up. I made up a list of 10 B schools in India that I wanted to graduate from
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I, I, I could not ca- crack CAT in the first attempt, uh, but I did not stop preparing because I knew there were other exams coming up. So I appeared for that after that, I appeared for uh, 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 SMS uh, entrance exam, I appeared for CET of al Bajaj, and the time was such that the CET for JB was the last exam, and all others were before. And it was such that the the results of all the other exams had also come in before the uh, the the CET exam happened, and all of the answers were no that you are not getting selected, uh, selected either I missed the cutoff for uh, a final sectional cutoff or an overall cutoff, but I could not make it. But it was the learnings from that phase that made me believe that no, I should pick on, I should hang in there, I should keep preparing and uh, I can win it. So eventually I did end up doing my best and for CEP, I was all in the rank three. Okay. Uh, I knew I was not so great at mathematics before, but it was consistent and continuous hard work that uh, got me do better in the exam. And eventually I got a seat into a premier B school of my choice. But again, the struggles were not uh, uh, ending there. There were things that I didn't want to let people around me know uh, because of the reasons I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But there were things that I would do that people would not understand. Uh, we would all go out and eat, and I would say that, "Hey, I don't eat outside stuff." Mm-hmm. Nobody realizes why I don't eat outside stuff because there is a possible chance I might catch up an infact- infection mm-hmm. uh, or anything uh, that enters my body, which is not good for my blood. Is uh not safe for me i should be avoiding all of that but it was very hard to convince all my friends that hey i won't be you know coming out for uh, lunch or a dinner or even if i would go i would end up just taking a soup or something which is assured healthy mm-hmm. uh i spent the two years uh, uh in fact uh, at 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 these schools you usually stay in a hostel right so uh, it's it was a residential it was not i mean i was staying in a hostel But still my, and luckily since it was in Mumbai itself, my family would send me a tiffin almost every day uh, so that I don't eat outside food, but I eat home cooked food on a daily basis, both the times, morning and evening. So all of these efforts were being taken by family members and it it was heart wrenching, uh, but also something that I couldn't have survived without their support. So... So it was good effort from all, all, all of them as well. And eventually, uh, that time also passed, I passed out with no reasonably good distinction. I had a placement that came to me uh, on day zero of of placements. I was, uh, uh, I did pretty well in all the extracurricular activities. I was part of the placement committee, which was really demanding one of the most demanding committees, uh, in terms of time, effort, et cetera, but I didn't stop myself from doing anything that I would have normally done. Just that I ensured that I had all the precautions in place. Uh finally after that, you know, I moved on to corporate life. Uh work was going on. I had my own share of ups and downs, learnings. Everything everything went well. But but the learnings that I had from my my treatment days always stood with me. And it was only very recently that I realized that I should not let this story be within myself, but I can let people know and make. if if there's any inspiration that I can give to people, if there's any hope that I can give to people, it will be worth uh, things to do, uh, especially because uh, of the people who are involved in this. Uh, There were so many people I don't know or I haven't even met who prayed for me when I was not well. And when my parents, my father tells me stories of, Uh, You know, the churches of a particular area have uh, prayed exclusively for me on that particular day. There were mosques that uh, ran prayers for me. Uh, I'm a Hindu, so there were a lot of temples where either my parents or my relatives ran pujas, did archana puja and, you know, uh, different types of uh, rituals you do in, in in prayer for somebody to get well all of that was done wholeheartedly without anyone having anything to do with me just because there was somebody who needed that uh, spiritual support so it came from all sides and I think it is because of all of that Uh, it's it's because of the people around me that I survived it I don't think so. there was any other way I could have Uh, so I owe my life honestly to all of them to many of them who I haven't even met even till now, if I ever get a chance to any way, I would you know. The f- first thing I would do is I I would hug them all and uh, express my gratitude for the life that I have. Which also means that anything that I do going forward, I have been doing, and even going forward, whatever I will do, they own a part, a part of whatever good I can do to the society to them. So credit, a lot of credit goes to all of them as well. So that's how it has been. I am now married to a lucky wife. I am happy, healthy, and uh, doing pretty well. It's been since four years now that I don't have to go for checkups because my doctor has declared that I don't need to. So that was one of the happiest days I had when we went. And I asked him, uh, I'm waiting for a day when to tell me that a checkup is not needed anymore. And he said, you are lucky. This is the day when I was going to tell you that you don't need to come. Uh, for a checkup again unless you feel that there's something obviously wrong but you don't need to proactively undertake any checks now you've done enough so it was
1: a long journey long battle but fought even though I fought a bit of it there were a lot of other people who fought it together
0: so that's the story that I have I'm sorry I went on from saying no, that I'm you just no, why no I ended no, up giving the whole story so I got to know you your your life And
2: that was such an inspiring story, man! Like it felt like a movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Really great. Mm -hmm. So may I ask you, how old were you when you were diagnosed? So I was nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Yeah. And uh, where are you working now?
0: I have my own uh, startup. But okay. in my recent most job, I work uh, work with Home Lane, which is a home designing startup. I spent three years as a business
1: head for Western region. Okay, that is really your story is really inspiring. Like it was spiritual and really great. Thank you so much, Amar. I really felt. Uh, Happy talking to you. <laughs> Thanks,
0: man. Thanks. And if there are people, if anybody who's going through this and would want to speak, uh, I'm happy to volunteer for okay, that.
2: Okay, okay. So let me tell you. Every Sunday we have a webinar. Mm-hmm. So okay, there, uh, it is. We used to do healing circles at our center in Mumbai, but due mm-hmm. to lockdown, now we are doing virtual seminars, healing circles. Okay. Okay. So you can be a part of that uh, healing circle. Sure. Next Sunday around 5 p.m. Mm-hmm.
0: So Okay, you can send me the details. I'll, yes, I'll come over. Sure, sure. As a guest once. To see how it happens. And then if I can be a more frequent visitor after that, I'll... I'll yeah, come. you can talk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure. And uh, yeah, I guess you... I don't have any such questions. I never do really have any such questions. It's always the people, they
0: talk. talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great. So, if anything comes in your mind that you want to ask with regards to how did I manage the diet or what kind of medications were going on,
2: if you can tell me such things like any other uh, treatment procedures that you went ahead with other than chemotherapy, like uh, Ayurveda
0: or or something like that. uh, Actually, there were a lot of uh, suggestions that kept coming that you should do this, you should do that, Mm -hmm. etc. But we uh, tried uh not digressing from the ma- main treatment so pre- chemotherapy ended up being our main treatment obviously whenever it's a blood cancer uh there is a the best solution apparently is a bone marrow transplant so if you have a match uh mm-hmm. which is usually from someone in your family so uh, either your sibling or somebody uh, in the in the family lineage usually mm-hmm. it's your sibling uh, who can have the same match for the bone marrow so you can you know draw some sample i don't know how it exactly works but you can uh, there is a uh, bone marrow donation that happens so somebody else who has a healthy bone marrow can donate it mm-hmm. to you uh, and if it's a match that transplant can happen and that's a much better way of recovery chemotherapy is not foolproof for for uh, recovering this it can relapse yeah so uh, in my case there was no match that happened in the family so a bone marrow transplant was not an option so we had to rely only on this But apart from that, we did end up doing a lot of Ayurvedic food consumption. For example, wheatgrass juice that purifies your Mm -hmm. blood cells. So I kept drinking that even though it was like very, very, uh, you know, it was very difficult to drink that because I didn't like the taste at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, But after a point in time, I got used to that taste also and I was able to drink it. So that there were different types of soups that my mom would cook. I would have that. Uh, then, uh, so t- I, I did a lot of yoga at that point in time. I okay. think some of the best days, uh, uh, my healthy days were after the treatment. When I was, I was on path of recovery, once all my cycles were over, I did follow a very, very strict regime of, uh, practicing yoga, a bit of exercise, healthy food, uh, because it's combination of all things, mind, body, and soul that okay. keeps you healthy. So I, and I would do a, a few spiritual things also that kept me calm. So uh, all those You're things.
1: Nice meditation? Be, yes, meditation. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that you think uh, other people who are involved with this journey should know? Like med-
2: meditation was, your diet was, you know, the way you make sure that everywhere you are there is positivity your family made sure of that yes that was an important thing i suppose
0: like absolutely so if you could take what uh, i mean the the main uh, the main crux of that part of story is actually staying positive never giving up that this is a disease that can overcome you you have to believe that you have the strength to fight it mm-hmm. and uh, you will be able to only when you believe that belief is something that keeps going and frankly for me the belief was not whether I can do it or not, but the fact that I wanted to do it, because so many people had invested so much of effort into me in the first two cycles until I even knew what it was right had I known it before, I don't know my uh my strength or my approach would have been different, weak or what I don't know, but because my uh, family kept and people around me kept a very positive environment around uh I was lucky to uh survive the toughest times that way, and when things were just about okay i knew I had to fight it for them, if not for anything else. So having that right attitude towards, you know, being, believing that, yes, you will be able to come out of this, no matter what, uh, keeps you going. I did read a few books also, which were, you know, uh, self-help and
1: drawing new inspiration and positivity. All of that also helped a lot. Okay. That is it. So, yeah.